Hey friend, welcome back to the Lean In Podcast. I am super jazzed about today's episode. I have Christina LeCure on with me, and I met her through Yasna, Yasna Burza, who is a mentor of mine. I'm in her mastermind. And Christina came on and talked to us about worth, but particularly has a story and a background in college athletics that I think is super interesting and valuable. And so before I say anything else about her, I'm going to kick it over to her so she can tell you about herself and her background and what she does. Christina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited. I'm very stoked that you asked me. I absolutely love and adore Yasna. So anyone who's in Yasna's crew is in my crew. And I just consider you an automatic friend because you're a friend of hers. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And anytime that I get to share my story with someone who resonates with my story, I am more than thrilled to do it because I believe that it needs to be um, shared because I think that a lot of the things that you talk about and your community is looking for isn't um, naturally shared all the time and it's not mm. something that's spoken about. And so if I can be the person who's just like an open book about my story and it can help one other person, well, then I'm on the right path. Yes, I love that. I love that so much. So you played golf in college. Right. So you, you were a pro golfer. You're currently, you speak, you, you run these super badass events um, that I've only heard about. I have yet to be to one, but it's on my list. Yeah, girl. You're, you're a mindset coach, but, you know, rewinding back, you played golf in college. I did. So I started golf really, really late in life. I started golf when I was like 18 years old and I got really good, really fast. And within the two and a half years, I had a full college scholarship to Central Arkansas. So basically, I went to college, um, I was 20 turning 21, when I went to school, and I basically took up golf, like, when I was 18 turning 19. So it was like a very fast and furious time for me to get really good, really fast, and then have um, the ability to be recruited to play uh, college golf. So I ended up going to Central Arkansas back in 2002. And I, um, my first year, I was absolutely horrific at it. Um, <laughs> it was pressure. It was, it was, there was so much of it. So, you know, I think that my main three problems definitely came from um, over the years. So I was the first year in college, I wasn't that good, but the last three years I, um, won five times. I was an all American. I was very sought after. And, um, that first year was a bit of a transition, obviously moving from Canada to Arkansas. I had a boyfriend back at home and just a few things, but I really fell into my groove, um, pretty much my, uh, sophomore year and then just ran with it for three years after that. And I got really good, played great in college, but there was so many underlying issues to that because I was obsessed with what people thought. I was obsessed with comparing myself. I was obsessed with, you know, all of the things that came with golf besides the golf. I was, um, I was always looking for what I call the Atta girls or the golf claps. You know, I was looking for that external validation and um, that's a very, very difficult thing to base your life on because it usually doesn't lead to very good things. And that was exactly, um, that's basically in a nutshell, what was happening to me. I went down a very horrible path. Um, I hated myself. I had an eating disorder. I was miserable because I was truthfully, I mean, at, at the end of the day, my whole life was based upon the external validations and I didn't know who I was and my worthiness. Um, my self-worth was none really. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, I mean, just being totally blunt, I feel like every athlete has to feel that way in a certain respect. Like the, especially if you're brought up, and I know that you started golf at a later age, but I mean, did you play sports when you were younger? You were very active when you were younger? Absolutely. I was 
definitely. I mean, I played softball. I, um, I was very athletic. I came from a very athletic family. I came from a family that was based on athletics too. And most athletes at the end of the day, most athletes are judged on statistics, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, how you play, how many, your RBI, your basketball, your shooting, your, your, your time, if you're running or swimming, like, I mean, everyone in athletics is judged upon a certain scale and you become addicted to, you know, the wins and beating the records and who are you being compared to? And are you being compared against another person or your old self? Yeah, I, I resonate with that so much. And I think especially the family part coming up in a family that's super athletic and puts a lot of importance on it. Um, I've actually sat with that a lot over the past few years, because I, I went through sort of the same thing, my entire identity was tied up in I was a long and triple jumper in college. And when that just wasn't going well, I felt very lost because I wasn't performing and performance was who I was. Um, and I had been sitting with how my childhood probably affected that and that my parents didn't even realize that by them reinforcing me every time I did something well in sports, it sort of tied my worth and acceptance and and like the love that I feel I'm worthy of in getting to those achievements. Oh my God, um, you're so speaking my language. And <laughs> to you, you're speaking so many others. Like I know my parents love me, mm -hmm. but I will tell you there was three things that I got um, praised from. And one of them was how I performed. Was I winning? How good was I finishing? What, like how I performed performed in in many things even not just sports but my performance I was very much like given the at a girls based on performance I was I remember the first time I started making money I had always been like a little hustler since I was like literally like I sold golf balls on the golf course <laughs> that I did I did all these things because I grew up in in that environment and I remember my dad all my dad came from a very um poor family, but I remember always getting praise on how much money I made. So like first time I made a hundred dollars, the first time I made a thousand dollars. And then, you know, the more and more and more, and I always got praise on that because my dad just gave me such validation from that. And then the other thing I got validation was from my looks. Like I was consistently validated based upon you're so pretty, you're so thin, all of those things, which you become obsessed with that because you forget that you are so much more than how you perform, how much money you make and how you look. And like, if we're blatantly honest, the world judges so many people upon those things. I mean, we even like, I work with, you know, business owners, CEOs, women and men, both that are very high achievers yet they've tied their whole identity to what they do. And so many people are doing things that they absolute fucking hate, <laughs> no passion for, but they're doing it because they're good. They're mm -hmm. doing it because they've had success in it, or they're doing it because their parents told them that that's what they should do. And they're comparing themselves to other people who are high performers. And I think at the end of the day, you know, if, if you're consistently doing something for the external validation, you are going to lose your self-worth. You're going to lose your passion. You are going to be unfulfilled. You are going to have no belief in yourself. I mean, it's just this never ending cycle of not good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that it took, it's funny. It took the, the conversation that you had with, our mastermind group for me to really circle back and connect the topic of worthiness to a lot of the things that I was speaking and talking and passionate about. Um, I'd never really been able to, to verbalize that. Um, but I talk a lot about, you know, I had an eating disorder for six years and the pressure as an athlete um, and in society, I think even outside of athletics, but specifically like to lose weight and to look a certain way and how that's tied to your performance. Um, and how at the base of it, like if you are so focused on manipulating your body or so focused on what you're eating, like it all comes back to you feeling like you need to do that because doing that will make you worthy. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And so many of us believe that 
if we do this thing and if we get to that goal, that end goal, we will be happy. Because ultimately, like the end goal of life that every human being wants is to be happy and to feel loved. Like mm-hmm. every single motivation is to feel happy or to, to feel loved. And you believe that like, I remember specifically believing if I got to 129 pounds, I would be happy. I remember right. like one time in my life, I got to 129, 129.2. And I believe if I lost one, and I promise you, like I have a photo of it. It's the lightest I've ever been in my life. I probably live 20 pounds heavier than that now. But I remember getting to that point and thinking that will make me happy. And mm-hmm. guess what? I was never fucking happy ever. Mm-hmm. I'm the furthest thing from it. You know, like right now I can, I can 100% say with all honesty is God is my witness. I am so happy in my life. I don't want to say the word happy because sometimes I'm really sad and I'm really upset, but I'm in at this place in my life that I am so content. And like, that's mm-hmm. where I try to get my clients. And my husband hates that Nate, that word content. Cause he feels like you're not, you're still not driven. I am unbelievably driven. I'm a very high achieving, high performance, but I will tell you that there's nothing contingent in my life that is going to take me from this contentment that I feel like I am unbelievably happy. It's taken a ton of work and I love when I can have help people get to that place, but it is not contingent on weighing 129 or weighing 150. I weigh, you know, like 145 pounds right now. That's like the heaviest I've ever been. Am I super happy with that? No, but I know my worth and my, Mm -hmm. I know my worth and my value in life. And my self-worth has nothing to do with how much I weigh or how much money I make or who I'm surrounded myself with because I, I lived that journey for such a long time. And I'm telling you like there's zero happiness and zero like, like contentment around any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That brings up um, like a little bit tangent of a question, but something that's always been really interesting to me is that I felt for a very long time that if I, got content with where I was, right? So like you say, you're not, you might not be happy with the weight that you're at, but like, you know that your worth is more than that weight. Well then what mode, what motivation would you find to change your weight or change how you look? Because I feel like our motivation for so many things is like this discontentment, this distaste, this hate, this like these ugly feelings that motivate us to make choices that like we don't know how we would even make choices if they came from a place of like acceptance or of love. Yeah. It is the craziest thing on the planet because gosh, girl, I feel like you and I are the same human. And here's, <laughs> here's the thing. There's so many of us that are exactly the same. Like as sad as it makes me, I actually witnessed it once I, started the self-development journey. And once I started taking the action to make changes in my life, you know, for me personally, I had to kind of get to this rock bottom moment that I felt like I was in my back bedroom at two o'clock on a Tuesday. And I was like 25, 27 years old, probably 20, anywhere from that 26 to 20, 27. I can't even remember anymore. 10 or 11 years ago. I remember thinking this was not the way my life was supposed to go, but Fast forward a few years into this journey as my dad is one of my favorite humans on the planet, but I've witnessed him be so mean to himself as motivation Mm. to keep going. And I promise I was exactly that. Like you get it. So many of your listeners get it. Like you are motivating yourself by telling yourself you're a piece of shit unless you get this. Like I was the meanest human ever to myself thinking it was going to motivate me. Mm-hmm. That only works for so long. It did work for us. Like it works. Like a lot of people that works for, but I will tell you what works a lot better is me getting up every day and loving the hell out of myself and knowing 100%, I just want to be a better version of myself tomorrow and being kind to yourself and being loving to yourself while doing that changes everything. I am way more successful now. I am way more driven now because I'm doing it out of love. Like think about it. Mm -hmm. Everything in the world works better with love over hate. So why would you think that 
hating on yourself is going to get you to this to this place and and now it's just about the journey right like it's truly just about the journey about what there's no end goal for me i always use my stairmaster as an analogy i've been doing the stairmaster for like 15 years and someone always says ah have you ever got to the top <laughs> you know what i mean like there's no top i'm in this journey of life and i'm motivated to get to the top but there is no top i'm just enjoying the journey to get to my ultimate destination which is i guess dying i don't know or whatever it is yeah yeah, yeah. Do you feel like it's hard uh, in today's society where I feel like people, we almost like come together around hate, mm. like around hating things and shaming things and even just like this, like humor. I feel like a lot of humor is like negative humor. Do you feel like it's difficult in a world that almost creates community around things like that to live in a space of love? I just think that like, you've got to figure out what community you want to be a part of mm -hmm. and you've got to create like super good boundaries of not being a part of that community. I'll be honest with you for a really long time. I was that girl who was like, I hate girls. Girls are mean. Girls are catty. And like, I was like one of those girls. And now like I work with women, my best friends on the planet are women. Like before I like five, six, seven years ago, I never even had it. Like I could probably tell you three names of women mm -hmm. that I was friends with. Now I feel like I am a, human like attractor to awesome human beings because human beings who are super happy want to be around other happy humans. Mm -hmm. Most people who are miserable have zero like desire to be around me because I'm not going to be miserable. I'm not going to play into those games. I'm not going to be mean or catty or bitchy or, you know, like backhanded or talk about all the bullshit. Like I just have zero time for it. So I, Yes, there is that. And yes, you do see it. But the more that you become so surrounded with those that you vibe high with and those that are putting out the good vibe, you just don't have space for it. My life's too busy for that because I have so many amazing people in my life. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And it's what is that that common saying? Like you are the five people you spend the most time with. Oh, so a million percent. How could you how could you become something different if you're constantly surrounding yourself with the same um, people as where you're at? I would tell your audience, like, if you take away one thing, just find super clarity on who you're spending your time with. You want to lose weight? Don't be hanging around with, you know, heavy people who don't work out, who eat like shit. You want to be happy? Don't be hanging around with the negative people who want to talk shit about people all day long. You want to, like, get, you know, you want to create a you know, seven figure business, six figure, multiple six figure business, start hanging around with the people who are doing those type of things, because there's no way to fast track your life faster than hanging out with people who are doing the things that you want to do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. like you said you become those you hang out with. End of story, change your situation, get around the people that you want to hang out with, clean your social media up, delete every person who brings you low vibe, delete every single person that isn't a person that you want to surround yourself with on a constant basis. Don't tell me there isn't a way to do it. There 100% is go to the places that those people surround themselves with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It requires you to really put yourself out there too, which I think is something that's hard for people, especially if you're in a negative headspace, it's easy to ruminate where you're at and just sort of like stay in this negative bubble, but you got to put yourself out there. Yeah. How bad do you want it? I always mm -hmm. say to like my clients, like people who are like on the fence, like, do you want to come? Do you not want to come? Do you want to invest in yourself? Do you not want to invest in yourself? How bad do you want it? Because if you want it bad enough, you will friggin' figure it out. Think about a child who like wants like, you know, something from their parents. They always figure out how to do it. Like, don't give me an excuse on why. Give me a thousand reasons on how you'll figure it out. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I'm so I'm going to segue where we're at um, and we're going to backtrack. Uh, so in talking about how bad do you want it, just because specifically I feel like a lot of people that listen to what I put out and the conversation that I'm creating is about college athletics and eating disorders. And I felt like we jumped that topic into some amazing stuff, mm -hmm. but I want to backtrack into it. Um, 
tell me a little bit about how that came about while you were in college. And I know that it stemmed a lot from like your worthiness being more so about how you look and how you were performing. Um, just tell me a little bit more about that experience that you went through. Yeah, for sure. If I actually think back about it, truthfully, it probably started more in high school. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like that was kind of the age that I just put so like much, so much power in what other people thought and what Mm -hmm. other people thought of me and my comparison of, you know, that person is so happy because they're thin. That person is so happy because they're, you know, great at that athletic. That person is so happy because they come from that for family. And, you know, it's just my, that's my interpretation. They may have been miserable as hell. You know, how many skinny people do you now know that are like miserable as hell? You know, <laughs> oh my God, I feel so like ugly because I weigh 90 pounds. I'm like, oh my God, you have no problems. Don't you wish? <laughs> that's not the, like, that's not the, that's not the reality. There's a ton of people that struggle with that. But I think it's, you know, I think the person who's going to be like the most successful person on this planet is how to teach children how to have that self-worth, like Mm -hmm. that self-love. And, you know, one thing I want to go back to, because we've both kind of talked about parents and we can Mm. go back and like blame our families. Here's what I know. I know that I have amazing parents who are unbelievably wounded human beings because their parents wounded them. So they're not perfect. They're human. They wounded me, even though they tried their absolute best. They didn't have all of the tools to make sure that I was, you know, perfect. No one on this planet is perfect. And so we can all look back and be like, blame our, blame our childhood, blame our parents, blame our situations. But at the end of the day, when, when we grow up, we have to take responsibility for that ourselves. But I will say, you know, when, when parents put, you know, so much emphasis on what children do, you know, and what they're doing as opposed to who they are. Like I, I look at kids now who their parents, like they're dancers and they give them such affirmations based upon, you know, the trophies and how they look and who they're surrounding themselves with and all of those things. I think a lot of it for me just came from the belief that like I wasn't good enough as I was. So I had to change who I was like end of story. Like I obviously I turned to the looks, I turned to the weight, I turned to the performance, you know, other people could turn to all different things. But for me, it was like, that was the one thing that I felt like, if I got skinny, I would be happy because skinny Mm -hmm. people are happy because skinny people get attention. They're pretty like, that's what I wanted to be right so badly, because I felt like those people were the happy people and they had the attention. And I wanted the attention I I had, I had a brother who was unbelievably um, talented at what he did. And he always got the attention and I felt like I wasn't good enough. So if I got to, you know, if I got good enough, or if I got good at something else, or if I took the attention away from that, then I would really, you know, I would be good and people would love me and like me. But I truly do believe the real time that got really bad for me is when I was 18 years old, I came home, I, I graduated high school, I, I wasn't going to college just yet. But I came home from New Zealand, I went backpacking to New Zealand for three months by myself. And during that time, I think I probably lost like a little of the, you know, the baby fat, the high school fat. I had colored my hair. I got a haircut and I probably had like a new outfit on when I came home. But before I went on that trip, I kind of felt like a bit invisible. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I was just average. But I came home from that trip and all of a sudden I got the affirmations like, wow, you're so pretty. Wow, you're so attractive. Wow, you're looking all of those things. And that same year, I started playing golf. And lo and behold, I got really good really fast. So in in the span of one year, I went from getting not very many affirmations to everything was external validation. And I promise you from that summer on, it was a drug. And it was Mm -hmm. a drug. I can, I needed all the time. I needed that external validation and I was going to do whatever it took to get those Atta girls, those golf claps, whatever you want to call them. I became addicted to that drug. And that was my 
drug of choice for a very long time. And you can say it's not a drug or whatever. But for me, it was that validation was just I needed it in order to feel like I was worthy. And it didn't it it doesn't last. And for me, thank God for about it only took about 10 years, which is a very long time. But for some people, there's I, I work with 60 year old people who are very successful in life. I work with successful CEOs, people who are like kicking ass and taking names. And yet they feel like they're shit and they have to keep going in this life that they hate because they need that validation. So Mm. it really, for me, it was just getting really clear on knowing that like no amount of Atta Girls was making me happy. So I had to figure out how the hell to be happy without that external validation. Yeah. So way back when, when, when this was all starting, and I know when you were 18 is when you started golf and you were in college, um, but you were starting on your athletic journey and getting all these, this praise for how you looked. What, like what resources or what do you feel like could have helped you at that point to not go down the path that you were going down, right? Like, if, if someone was having these conversations, maybe that you're having with people with you back then, mm-hmm. do you think that would have helped? Or do you think that if when you got to college, there were more resources around this topic? Like, what do you foresee as something that would have really helped, like, maybe put a little bit of a roadblocker in front of everything that spiraled? Absolutely. You and me going to stand in front of college. <laughs> I'm saying, hey, guess what? Look, my life looks pretty damn awesome, doesn't it? Yeah? Well, let me tell you. This was the journey that I was on for 10 years, and it was fucking a disaster, and it was miserable, and all because I put so much pressure on myself to live up to expectations that are not even real, that don't even bring happiness. Because guess what? You're just as amazing as you are right now as you are 10 pounds less or accolades up the ass. Like, literally, I if I could just go and speak to every 18 year old on the planet and tell them that they are so worthy without all that. And then guess what? Like you, I promise you it's going to be okay. Like Mm -hmm. you are unbelievable just as you are. And knowing for a fact that everything is happening for you exactly as it should is it, it just, is such a sense of relief. Like I live in this sense of relief that even on the bad days, like even on the days where I'm feeling like a bit lost and feeling like overwhelmed and I'm unsure, I always know that it's happening for me. Every Mm. single thing in my path that past that's ever happened has allowed me to know for a fact I'm 100% on the right journey. Like Mm -hmm. I really truly am. And I think that if kids can figure out what actually brings you joy instead of thinking about like what your parents want you to do, what your professors want you to do, what you think you should be doing as opposed to what truly brings you joy in this life. I think that that would be such a help as well because Mm -hmm. I think we're so concerned about, you know, what we should be doing versus what we truly have a passion for, what our purpose is on this planet. Mm -hmm. I think that's so true. And I think a part of that, um, that conversation having with young kids is just like, even the pressure that you feel to go to school and to pick a major and all of the shoulds that go along with that time in your life where you're supposed to be making these decisions, but it feels like every decision you're making is such a big decision that you almost lose your ability to trust your intuition or to even look inside because you just like, it's a big decision. I want to make sure it's the right decision. So I'm going to look to all of these other sources to tell me what the right thing is because then I can confidently follow it. When in reality, that's like not the best thing. Absolutely. Like trusting yourself and knowing what what works best for you is probably the most important thing on the planet. I mean, no one knows their life. And at the end of the day, you're the only person on this planet that you're ever going to speak to. You're the only person on this planet that's going to be around you forever. I mean, your parents are going to pass away, your best friends, your siblings, your spouses, all of those things. Like you are the only person who is in it day in and day out with you. And you've got to figure out like, 
what makes you the most happy? Like, why are you put here on this planet? Like, what is the number one reason? And if when you start thinking about those things, like, you know, maybe the thing that you thought you should be doing because it's going to bring you this, like, accolades or money or success. Like, there's people, there is a girl, I even just think about it all the time. There's a girl that works at Starbucks. She is the happiest human being on the planet. She kicks it during the day. Like, she works the morning shift and she's unbelievably happy. Like, unbelievable. Because I've really asked her before. I was like, do you truly believe you're happy? She's like, yeah, I just, I'm stopped caring what everyone else said I should be doing and just started doing the things that I want to be doing. And, you know, you sometimes go on vacation, right? We save up for these big elaborate vacations. Mm -hmm. My husband always says this. We go to Hawaii and we get to Hawaii and there's like these surfer dudes on the beach that like work at the bar at night and surf all day during the day. And my husband always says to me, he's like, I wonder who has it right. The person who like lives their life like this on a daily basis and could never take a trip like this Yet this is their actual life, what they do every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know we all have like problems in our lives and like, that's the part of life. Like life is a roller coaster. It's always going to go up and it's always going to go down. And I always try to remind people that like, when you're down, guess what? You've been up before. So when you're up, it's never going to always last and it's going to come back down. It's just part of life. It's like, you know, gravity. It's, it has to go up and down. But at the end of the day too, like you've got to really truly just figure out like, what is your purpose? Why are you here? And what is it that you want to like do while you're here? Because life is so fucking short. Like I'm going to be 40 in three years. Like that just makes my head like, <laughs> like I'm like, how is that humanly possible that I am 37 years old? And I look back on so many years of my life. I look back on like a 10, 12, 15 year period in my life where I was so unbelievably unhappy at the core of who I am, mm. you know? I had a lot of awesome moments. I had a lot of great moments, but the difference, the flip between now and then is I still have a lot of awesome moments, but at the core of who I am, I'm truly happy. Back then I had a lot of awesome moments and the core of who I was was extremely unhappy. That's the big difference. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are probably listening and they're probably like, Christina, that's great, but... Uh, you know, I'm sitting here, my name is Jane, and I'm sitting here, and my core is so unhappy. But like, how do you even begin when you've been living this existence? Like you said, where you were for, you know, 15 years, you were living this existence, and you were in your bedroom one day, and you were like, this can't be my life. How do you even start to decide to make a change, to move forward, to be uncomfortable? Beautiful question. The first thing that starts with is get some dogs that are awesome. Yeah, there's five, there's five of them here. Five so. of them. I love yeah. it. Um, I think the first thing is, is just getting to the point of knowing that, like, you've got to take some action. The first thing is taking the action, right? It's create something that is, like, the non-negotiable things in your life that you do that actually make you happy. Find three things every day to be grateful for. Like, I know it starts so simple and like I do a daily gratitude practice. And so I'm so obsessed with finding the things that I'm grateful for. And I know that like someone who's in the deepest of the deeps, like I would have told myself to go F off, but I promise you, once you realize that you have a choice in everything, you have to take action and do something, change one thing today that brings you joy. Find one thing to be grateful for. Start creating like unbelievable boundaries in your life. Like if you are obsessed with what other people on social media are doing and that makes you feel bad, freaking delete the bloody apps. Find one person who you look at and admire and go, I want to be more like them. Start figuring out where those people hang out. Have a conversation with that person. Start following that person. Go to where those people like exist because where you hang out is chances are you know who you're going to start becoming i'd also say too like and this is really hard but knowing that everything that is happening in your life is happening for a purpose and you think you're controlling the situation there's no such thing as control once you kind of give up control and go okay this is where i am right now how can i find the purpose in this and how can i find the joy in this 
absolutely is so, so beneficial. And I also think too, like stripping away the bullshit and realizing that like, you think you're so obsessed with getting the affirmations from the outside, getting the affirmations from someone else. Think about it. How is it going for you? It's obviously not going that well if you're in the situation that you're in right now. Like, why is it that you're doing what you're doing if it's truly bringing you not the happiness? Because every time you think, once I get to here, that's when I'll be happy. The the truth of the matter is, it's the journey. The journey of life is actually where the beauty is found. You know, there's a, a buddy of mine's an NFL player, won a Super Bowl. The very next day he was in the gym. It wasn't the Super Bowl. It was everything leading up. It was every up, every down, every practice, every workout, every no that he had to say to fun things to get him to that spot. Like it wasn't the Super Bowl. You're not you're not trying to get to that 125 pounds cuz let me tell you, I've fucking been there and it is way not what you expect, folks. You think you're going to get to that weight and be happy? It's truly not. You have to know that everything where you are right now is exactly how you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be. And I would just say the the biggest thing is just find the great gratitude in every single day. What you focus on, you find. I guarantee you, you're focusing on the shit, you will find a big old pile of it. (laughs) I love that. And I think it's so true. And there's a lot of, I've read a lot of articles on like the science behind you know, gratitude statements too. And there's, it's not just fluff, which I think a lot of people think. Um, but I think that that mindset, it's it's a limiting belief and it's almost a protection, right? If you're like, oh, that's just fluff. Like that's not going to make a difference. That's just you not actually want wanting to like own up and try to make a change. Uh, it's, it's like a, a built-in excuse. You have to put in the work, like always go back to that. How bad do you want it? Because if you want it bad enough, if you want to get off the bathroom floor, if you want to like literally get to the place that you are like, I am no longer doing this, you have to 100% be willing to do something that you've never done before. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm telling you it's worth it. 190%. My life is probably more difficult in some regards now, but more worth it than anything else. And that's why I'm willing to do the work is because it is worth it. Mm -hmm. How many people do you find come to you that like want to make a change, but don't want to do the work? Do you feel like that's, that's common in people that you talk to? (laughs) Those are the people I don't really want to work with. And you know, (laughs) I have to be really blatantly honest. Like I, a lot of times I say, you know, I want to lose the five pounds, but actually at the end of the day, I truly don't want to that bad because Mm -hmm. I really still like to drink my Prosecco and eat my frozen yogurt and not really pay attention to portion sizes all that often. Yeah. Like I'm going to be a hundred percent real. Like that is just a hundred percent the honest to God truth. Now I know for a fact, I want to continue to be the best version of myself for my clients. So there is non-negotiables in my life that I am like dead set on that I wake up very early in the morning. I do my morning gratitude. I do my daily devotionals. I do my journals. I work out. I start with, you know, a a cup of coffee. I have my absolute silent time, which for me is, you know, not a traditional meditation, but very much a meditation to be in the pure silence. Like there's things that are absolutely non-negotiables to me. You can tell the passion I got in my voice right there. Yeah. Because those are the things that are so important to me. So if you want something in your life bad enough, you are always willing to do the work for it. I can help people through that situation. We can, you know, just like yourself, you can guide people through that process, but you have to really truly want it. And sometimes you, sometimes you think you want it, but you truly don't want to put in the work. There's certain things in my life. I'm like, yeah, I want it, but how bad do I want it? Let me tell you, like I will buck up and do certain things like before, you know, like I, do I want to lose those five pounds like every day or avoid the Prosecco? Probably not. But you know, before a big trip or something like that, that I'm super excited about, I can get, I can get pretty serious about it because I want it pretty bad. Yeah. 
but you just have to know what you truly want. And I, and if someone truly wants to get out of the pain that is the eating disorder, because I promise you it is the most painful thing ever. But I remember the very last day I did it, it was one of the rock bottom moments. And I remember just saying, all right, I give, I'm done and giving it to my higher power. You know, at the time I didn't have the biggest, best relationship with what now is God for me, but just knowing that like I needed something higher than myself and to say, God, your universe source, whatever you want to call it, just giving up the control and saying, all right, I need help from something bigger than myself. And I promise you every single day it gets easier to get past it. Like I don't have, I, I can firmly say I don't have any desire to do any of that. And I haven't done it in seven or eight years. Um, I'm very, very, very proud of myself and thankful for that. It's taken a lot of work. It's totally worth it. And again, like I truthfully am happier and more content in my life than I've ever been. And I'm definitely not a double zero anymore. And to me, like it's just not even a comparison. Yeah. I love that. And I absolutely love what you said about wanting it because I think that 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 is something that's so important that requires a level of introspection that I think a lot of people don't understand. And I, I talk about it with clients and with athletes because you think you want to win a national championship, but you also want to drink with your friends every weekend. And neither of those are bad choices. Like there is no morality to either of those choices, but like do both of those wants align? And what do you want more? You know, and so like how do your athletic goals or the goals, like you said, losing five pounds that you might have for your physical body, how do those align with the desires that you have for like who you want to be and how you want to be spending your time? And if you don't, have that introspection if you don't sort of deep dive into like what do I really want I think it can lead to a lot of just uncomfortableness it can lead to a lot of frustration um because you're like oh I can't lose the weight but like you're not really trying but you're not really telling yourself that you're not trying and you're not having these conversations and so yeah I really dig that and I think it's true um so beautiful exactly what you said like there's people on this planet like I know like my buddy who won the the Super Bowl, he literally, a a seven-year-old child said, I know, he knew enough in his his seven-year-old mind. He said, I will never drink juice or eat sugar at seven years old. And he literally is like 40 years old and probably had the first drink alcohol in his life and sweets, maybe when he was like 36 after the NFL. That's crazy. (laughs) The craziest thing on the planet. But he knew his desire to play in the NFL and win a Super Bowl was was more than that desire to ever, you know, be a seven-year-old and drink juice. Like, you know what I mean? Like his desire was so big for that. However, too, knowing that like maybe the Super Bowl or maybe the national championship isn't actually what you truly honestly Mm -hmm. want. And being so open with that, like you said, and having the introspective like conversations and going, do I really, 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 really want this? Or is this what my parents want? Or is this what I think I want? Or do I want the the added girls that come with that? Like figuring out what you actually truly, truly want. Like it's a, it's almost like a weird conversation to have with yourself because you actually have to get real and vulnerable and being like, wait a minute, I actually don't want that that bad because I truly want this more. Like mm-hmm. I know I like my weekends with my husband and my friends more than I like wearing a, a size zero. Like I know that about myself now. And I'm I'm like, I can't really truly bitch about that because I know it's almost impossible to have both. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, it's, it all connects back to worth too, yeah. right? Like if you're going to have that conversation. Yeah. Right. If you're going to have that conversation, oh, I actually don't want to win this or, oh, I actually don't want to be this size zero then like to admit that you also have to come to the conclusion that like you're still worthy, even if you don't want those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can always change too. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what like people get stuck on too, is they need like the end of the road. They need to know exactly like where the end, like so many people get stuck on doing things in life. No one takes like action to do something because they're so worried about the finish line. Like even starting a business, people are like, well, I just don't know how it's going to monetize. So I might as well not start. 
Well, trust me, that's not probably like the best bet. You have to do something because you're super, super, super passionate about it. And again, everything is happening for you. The universe is always in control. If you just continue to take action, the universe will step in and do its part. But I always like, there was a quote I saw one time. It's like, if you don't do your part, the universe is going to not believe that you're serious. But once you do your part, the universe sees that you're serious. It will step in and do its part. It always works. And the minute you start doing it, taking action, to doing your part, the universe steps in. And then all of a sudden you start having belief that it works. And then you can continue to keep going. But you have to start in order to get the proof that it works. Yeah, it's uh, that Tony Robbins talks about like a motivation loop and how everyone thinks that they need motivation to take action, but really action begets motivation. And like once you act, you will get that affirmation and that motivation and then it'll like loop back around. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Action. Well, I think that's a fairly decent spot to leave my audience with this today before we go down another tangent. I feel like we talked about so many, so many really valuable things. They all connect back to just the same message that you have about worth and about realizing that, you know, you yourself are worthy regardless of anything else. And you just need to find what you love and what you're passionate about and go after it. Um, And I think a lot of people might say, oh, that's naive. And I think that if they think that, that they're small-minded um and maybe a little bit of a negative nancy um but thank you so much i love this conversation um i don't know if you have anything else you want to leave my audience with maybe if they want to hear more from you or you know want to learn more about you where where can they find that absolutely i uh hang out all day every day on instagram i'm at b-e-c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a so b christina uh, just like be Ellen, be Beth, be Whitney, be whoever, be yourself, be Christina. And um, so come say hi to me. I would absolutely love to talk to you. If this is something that is, um, you know, I don't even want to say a problem in your life, but this is just one of those moments in time in your life that you're struggling with this. I just want you to know that you're not alone, that you can 100% get past this and that you have a beautiful purpose. And my hashtag that I use daily is you're worthy as fuck um, or awesome female, whatever you want to do, AF, worthy AF. But I truly, truly believe that every single person on this planet was put here for a beautiful purpose. And it is your job to follow through with that purpose because you're going to wake up one day, going to be so pissed that you didn't. So take the action now to do something because you are, you have a beautiful purpose. And, and the one commodity in life that none of us is getting back is time. And time is your most valuable asset on the whole planet. It's not love. It's not money. It's nothing. It's time. And every day you lose one day. So don't lose another day. Know that you're worthy as fuck and you have a purpose. Yeah. I love that. All right, guys, I'm going to leave you with that note. So go check her out on Instagram and thank you for listening. I will see you next time. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, girl, you're so welcome. If I can ever support you, like totally let me know. Let me know how I can, how's things going? Good? Good. I think, so I feel like just the, the past few years in general has been me continuing to try and figure my shit out, which I think is just going to be, I've just accepted that that's just the space that I'm going to live in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially with the mastermind, it was kind of honing in on like exactly what I want to do with this like swirl of passions that I have. Um, and I'm moving forward largely with the idea that I just, I don't think that there are any or enough resources when it comes to um, like the physical and mental health of athletes like universities, you know, specifically, I talk a lot about nutrition, because I have a large background in it. And also my story with my eating disorder and body image and my worth connected to it. Um, Like nobody's having these conversations with athletes at universities. uh, And I know that these are conversations that span outside of that. But for me, that's a something that I don't understand. Because 
how did I put it the other day? I was talking and I was like, even if a coach doesn't care about their player as a human being and only cares about their player's performance, having these conversations and providing the right resources when it comes to if someone wants to lose weight or if someone, you know, has a poor body image and, and needs to really cope with that and find their way into more self-love, like those resources and conversations are going to help your athletes perform better. So not providing that for them is only ensuring that like their performance isn't going to be as good as it could be. Um, so I just, I think it's a huge gap. And so I'm kind of currently figuring my way as to how to attack filling it and, you know, finding the right people to have conversations with about it. And yeah, I'm just in this very, like, I don't want to say primitive, but this very beginning headspace about like, nobody's talking about this. Nobody's talking to these people. Somebody needs to. That's yeah. beautiful. Cause yeah. you know what you're doing? You are like literally in a blue ocean and that's exactly what you need to be. Like that's mm-hmm. where the most successful people on the planet come is the people who are doing the things that no one else is doing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone on the planet is, you know, a mindset coach or whatever it is. Like I, my idea now is like, I really want to target in on like my local area and I want to target in on like the people who have had some success in life, but are doing all the things for like all the wrong reasons. They have like, like female CEOs who are like, or female business owners or people that have started one career and are like 20 years in and they're like, oh, well, fuck, I can't quit now, but I'm miserable and I've lost my passion and I compare myself to everyone and I worry about what everyone thinks and I'm a bad mom and all of those things. Like those are the people that I want to target. So I think for you, like just knowing that there's such a void and having such a passion for it, you're going to have success. Like I guarantee you it's hard as fuck. There's no question. And you're like going to want to quit. But the people who have the success in life are the people who have the immense amount of passion. And you would do this all day, every day, because it's just like ingrained in your soul and you see that you want to make a change. So clearly you've been put here for that purpose. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it is, it is hard. It's really hard not to, to think about the shoulds and the, like, this is what I should do, or this would be easier. Um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't like a daily battle, especially. Right. Yeah. So it's so refreshing. It's so nice to talk to you and people like you. And it's like we talked about in the podcast, uh, surrounding yourself with people who are doing what you're doing and support it. It just makes the world of a difference. So Yaz's mastermind has just been worth every penny and the rest of my savings. Like it's so nice. So. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad. And like, I'm dead serious. If I can ever support you, if you have a question or whatever, just let me know. I'd like, I'd love to support you because yeah, like you said, you just want to be like, Oh my God, I'm not the only one. Like people think, you know, I'm in um, a mastermind with Chris and Lori, the one where I met Yaz and I ended up staying in another year. And there's people in there like every day. They're like, oh, you've got all your shit together. You know everything. I was like, do you not fucking watch me on social media? I'm a fucking hot mess. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but I have such passion for what I'm doing. And I think that that kind of differentiates the people who are going to have success and the people who don't. And so just know that your passion for what you're doing is one of the reasons of many, I'm sure, that you are going to have success. So just know that you are on the right track because you are so passionate about it. Like I am so passionate about getting to help other people. So I know that I'm on the right track. It doesn't mean it's easy, but just start, you know, hanging out with the people that are just like super fucking passionate about it and and don't have anyone in your, in your circle who's like, uh, are you sure this is going to work? Eh, are you sure you shouldn't get a real job? Eh, like, no, fuck. I like, no, just don't even be around those humans. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> I will excommunicating them. Exactly. As we speak. I'll make a hit list. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Have fun with the rest of your calls today. Yeah. Let me know when it comes out and I'll, uh, I'll pump it up. I will for sure. All right, girl. I'll talk to you soon. See ya.